I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. America with your host, John Parnell. Oh, hey, everybody. I was muted again. Technical difficulties. Welcome to Battleground Live. Uh, it's great to have you all here. My name's Sean Parnell. I am a combat veteran. I am a New York Times bestselling author, but more than those two things, I am simply a humble servant of the United States of America. And so it's great to have you here. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. There's tons of stuff in the news today. Uh, I'm going to talk about Biden in Israel. I'm going to talk about uh, uh, refugees coming to America. I'm going to talk about our wide open Southern border, but I also have somebody very special for you today, and it's one of your favorite people. His name is Rich Barris. We're trying to work out some stuff to get him on the show at, at about 15, maybe 20 past the hour, and I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but we, he has all sorts of new polling on the RFK factor and what that means for the 2024 cycle. Uh, but before I get into some of the top news of the day, I just want to thank Deepwell Services for being the founding sponsor of this program. They sponsored us back in January. They're an amazing energy company that keeps this country or really is fighting for American energy independence. They've got patriots at every level of that country. And that company is located all across this country. So this is a national show. Um, doesn't matter where you live. If you're looking for a job, you know, a family member that's looking for a job, Deep Oil Services is hiring and they're a great company. And I'm telling you, listen, in five years, you can go from making 50 grand a year at Deep Oil to making 250 grand a year if you follow their educational track. So um, you don't even necessarily have to work on an oil rig. They have administrative jobs, marketing jobs, and all that stuff. So deepoilservices.com for all that. Thank you, Deep Oil. You're filled with great American patriots. We're lucky to have you. You see this shirt right here? This is Battleground Apparel. Battleground Apparel is a company that I just rolled out a couple of months ago. It's a company by and for American patriots. People who want to save this country have all sorts of t-shirts there. Every t-shirt that I wear in this show is, is from Battleground Apparel Company. You got Do Not Comply shirts. This is our Battleground Apparel Company. It says Do Not Comply in the back of this as well. We have Never Quit, Never Surrender shirts. But if you love this country, you believe it to be exceptional, go to officialseanparnell.com. Grab yourself some Battleground Apparel. Also have all my signed books there as well. Shameless plug. Um, also, if you're cha- like tuning into this program, you're part of Parnell's for Platoon, or you're tuning into this program and you're watching on Red Voice Media, I want you all to support each other and establish overlapping fields of fire. Conservatives in this country need to unite to fight back against the radical Democrat machine that is hell-bent on tearing this country apart. So if you're a member of Parnell's Platoon watching from Battleground Live, I want you to go subscribe to Red Voice Media. If you're at Red Voice Media and you're watching this show, make your way over to Battleground Lives, Battleground Lives Rumble page and subscribe to us. Subscribe to each other. We are more powerful united. Okay. So I oh, checked all those boxes. Uh, all those boxes. So Biden's in Israel today. I've told you my reasoning on why he's in Israel. I believe he's trying to slow walk 
the Israelis' invasion of Gaza, and in doing so, it it makes it tactically untenable for the Israelis to actually going in there without sustaining an unbelievably high casualty rate. Anywhere in between like 33% to 60% casualties, I think the Israelis would take at this point in time. Um, All sorts of news breaking prior to the program. But Biden announced something, uh, you know, how I told you, I ended the show yesterday with with a question, essentially. Do you want U.S. taxpayer dollars, your money, funding Iran, which is the world's number one state sponsor of terror? Now, remember, Joe Biden just funded six released six billion dollars of sanction free money to Iran. And that's your money. That's U.S. taxpayer dollars. That money is used to fund terrorist groups, and it's also used to fund Hezbollah, which attacks Israel from the north. Uh, That money is also used to fund Hamas, and obviously Hamas conducted that horrific massacre in Israel. Joe Biden just announced more funding for humanitarian assistance for Palestinians in Gaza. So he went to Israel to support Israel, or so he says, but within 12 hours of being there, immediately announces $100 million in new funding for the Palestinians in Gaza. Go ahead and roll this tape and listen to this animated corpse mumble his way through this. $100 million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. This money will support more than 1 million displaced and conflict-affected Palestinians, including emergency needs in Gaza. Okay, so I also have another image. Let's go ahead and throw that image up there. So there's this narrative that is very, very concerning to me. It's an image that that actually says that Hamas wins this landside victory and they've got 76 seats. Um, yeah, see it. Check it out right there. That's Joe Concha on Twitter. Uh, there's this narrative that's been developed. Go ahead and keep it up there for a little bit. But the Democrats and Biden and their allies in the media are trotting out this narrative that the Palestinians are somehow different than Hamas. The Palestinians are just, you know, Innocent people beholden to Hamas terrorists, and they don't support Hamas at all. But the reality is, look right there at that image. Hamas wins a landslide election victory, a landslide with 76 seats in the Palestinian parliament. So, first of all, this narrative, okay, this narrative that Palestinians are different than Hamas. Well, yes, technically that's true, but they overwhelmingly elected Hamas to be their governing body in Gaza. So if you are electing people who are conducting massacres and targeting Israeli citizens, not even necessarily military targets, men, women, children, the elderly, murdering and decapitating babies, raping women, kidnapping them, using babies, men, women, children as human shields. (laughs) It's like, if you're electing people who do that, I don't know that it's fair to say, in fact, I know that it's not fair to say that the Palestinians don't support what Hamas is doing. They elected them. And so what's happening right now with Joe Biden in giving $100 million in Hamas, $100 million to the Palestinian Authority, you can bet that that money, like, what is it, 10 days after Hamas conducted this horrific massacre in Israel, you can bet that that money is going to be turned around and laundered right back into Hamas to conduct more violence, to extend this cycle of violence. At some point, we have to ask ourselves when enough is enough. Because it seems to me that the Democrats, I, and I, I'm telling you, folks, I don't understand how this is not treason. 
I mean, Iran is an enemy of the United States. They say death to America all the time. If they could flip a switch and have our country be gone and have Israel be gone and everybody here dead, your children enslaved, believe me when I tell you they would do it. So why is it okay for Barack Obama and then Joe Biden after that to work with Iran to make it easier for them to get a bomb? All the while, by the way, Iran is killing American soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan and exporting terror all around the world. Hamas then attacks Israel, kills 1,400 Israelis, and I think at this point, 40-plus Americans. How is it okay for people who are elected in this country to raise their right hand, take an oath to protect and defend our constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, protect this country against enemies, foreign and domestic. How is it okay for them to be working with an enemy that wants to destroy our country and commit genocide against one of their neighbors? Again, folks, I don't understand how this isn't treason. And so, I've often wondered how something as horrific as the Holocaust can happen, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my thoughts on that in a second, but let me jump to the first ad read because I want to make sure that we have as much time as humanly possible with uh, Savage Rich Barris, but I'm going to talk to you about American Alternative Assets. Uh, they're a title sponsor of, of Red Voice Media. Uh, Bidenomics is clearly not working, folks. The U.S. dollar is losing value and your hard-earned s- savings are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends and American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465. Or visit protectfrombiden.com. We all need protection from Biden. Biden sucks. We all know this. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take to immediately transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Okay, back to the show. Um, I've often wondered how something as horrific as the Holocaust can happen. You know, I've studied quite extensively the Holocaust. It's always been a period of time that has both horrified me and interested me. And if you read books, there's a couple of books I, I, can, I can tell you about, uh, Night by El Wiesel, um, and uh, How to Kill. There's a book by a good friend of mine named Andy Andrews. Uh, it's a book called How to, kill, uh, How, to, How to Kill 11 Million People. And the overwhelming thesis of that book is like, well, very simply, you just lie to them. You see, what the Nazis did back then is they lied about the atrocities that they committed. And as the Nazi war machine blitzkrieged across Europe from Poland to France and France to Great Britain, Jews would escape their towns all along the way and run to the neighboring town. And you can read this in Night by El Wiesel. And they, the Jew, Jew that was lucky enough to escape would come in and say, no, listen, the Nazis are, are capturing our people. They're rounding us up. They're putting us in ghettos. Some are even getting put into concentration camps and death camps. And most people, whether they were Jews or not, like, didn't necessarily believe them. Most of them stayed in place thinking that there's no way that was possible. Few that were lucky escaped to pass on that message to the next town. But by and large, the German people either turned a blind eye to it, knew about it and didn't say anything, right? Those two things. When the people, as the Blitzkrieg ran across Europe, didn't necessarily believe the Nazis were even doing those things. 
So, so much of it was able to happen because good people turned either a blind eye to it consciously or were just afraid to speak up. And so you look at what's happening now in the situation in this world, both in this country and globally, is vastly different. So how can the Holocaust happen? Look at this. Look at these. some of these videos. I'm going to roll through them pretty quickly. These protests happened hours after Hamas massacred 14 Israeli citizens and Americans. Uh, check this large pro-Hamas protest out in Glasgow, Scotland. Check this out. Okay, let's go to the next video, a major protest against Israel taking place in London. These protests aren't just happening globally or in the Middle East or even in just Scotland or London. Check out this pro-Hamas protest right here at home in Dearborn, Michigan. Okay. Check out this uh, video of this Cornell University professor, Russell Rickford, uh, talking about Hamas and what the terrorist attacks really meant to him. It was exhilarating. It was exhilarating. It was energizing. If they weren't exhilarated by this, this challenge to the monopoly of violence, but this shifting of the balance of power, then they would not be human. I was exhilarated. You see what's happening here? The world is a far more dangerous place right now in terms of anti-Semitism and the viewpoints towards the Jewish people in this world. Hamas's charter, their mission is to wipe Israel off the face of the planet, kill every Jewish person alive, man, woman, and child. That's what they want. I reject the entire premise of the two-state solution. Israel has extended one olive branch after the next. Hamas has rejected them. Israel has offered them a state. Twice, Hamas has rejected their offers. Hamas continues to extend this cycle of violence, capturing Israeli children and murdering Israeli civilians. Something has to give. And now you look at these protests that are erupting all over the world. These, these are pro-terrorist protests. These people believe the same things that Hamas believes. And it isn't just protesters out on the street. Watch this video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who, by the way, her stupidity is a national security threat. I'm telling you, she's so incredibly stupid. It makes me sick to my stomach to even watch her because 
the things that she says on TV, they cause violence and uprisings around the world. She's that dangerous. Her, stu her stupidity is that dangerous. But check out this video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez trying to explain and call for a ceasefire. And I'll explain what the Democrats are doing with this term proportional response and ceasefire in just a second. But go ahead and roll the tape. As all of this kind of kicked off, you and several other of your colleagues uh, released a statement calling on a, for a ceasefire uh, in the region. But I wonder, what is Israel supposed to do about Hamas after they murdered, brutalized, mm -hmm. abducted over a thousand of their citizens? Are they supposed to just do nothing? Well, you know, I think what's important to note about a ceasefire is that it's not one-sided. Hamas has been sending thousands of rockets into Israel as well. And what is important is for us to identify our goal in terms of what safety means, in terms of what defense means. But and I think, I may, it, Congresswoman, I think the position from Israel's perspective is that there was already an attack mm -hmm. and Hamas already committed an attack. Mm -hmm. After that happened, do you really believe that they should not respond to that? I think what is important in terms of response is Israel does have a right to, to self-defense. I think what we need to take a look at in this situation is if collective punishment qualifies as defense, if the blockade on water, food, electricity, if the dropping of white phosphorus. Uh, was oh, gee, uh, the, Hamas, oh, no water. The people of Gaza have no water. Oh, my gosh. Collective punishment. Ceasefire. By the way, a ceasefire is a distinctly pro-Hamas position. It's basically saying, oh, okay, Israel, take it on the chin. Yeah, I get it. 1,400 people, uh, uh, men, women, and children murdered, executed in the most savage, horrific style imaginable. But a ceasefire, look, we don't want violence. No, I'm sorry. That's a pro-terror. That's a terrorist sympathizing position to take. And there is a reason why the people of Gaza do not have water. And in this next video, you'll see exactly what I mean. Go ahead and roll the tape. See what's happening here? What Hamas was doing there was digging up the water pipes in Gaza. They were using those water pipes as makeshift rocket launchers that they then used to attack Israel. You see what's happening here? Yesterday, the internet in the, in the fake news media was ablaze with a fake story about Israel conducting an airstrike that, that hit a hospital. I was told by the media that this Israeli airstrike, quote, leveled a hospital and 500 innocent men, women and children, Palestinians were killed. In fact, the media was using, first of all, they bought this Hamas propaganda hook, line and sinker, but they used the word massacre. And I told you last night why the media was using the term massacre. It's this whole proportional response and what should build do a ceasefire. See, Hamas already conducted a massacre 
massacre against the Israelis. And look, Israel took, they, they bombed a hospital and massacred our people too. So that's it. This should be over, right? That's a proportional response. It's bullshit. It is all lies. That entire story about Israel striking a hospital, all of that, complete and total lies, completely unraveled today. But because of those lies, right? And by the way, strangely, Democrats in Congress, along with their allies in the media, strangely took up all that pro-terrorist propaganda all at the same time and pushed the exact same messaging all at the same time. It's almost like they have some crazy pro-Hamas nefarious agenda behind the scenes because of course they do. But see, these lies caused issues. They caused violent uprisings all across the world, at United States embassies and Israeli embassies all across the Middle East. There were protests, there were riots. I mean, they weren't as bad as Benghazi yet, thank God, but these lies have dire consequences. And, and check out this image from the New York Times that talks about this, uh, the hospital attack, the, the Israeli hospital attack. It was on the front page of the paper. Let me let me show this to you. Go ahead and throw it up there if we have it. OK, see that right there on the front page of the New York Times. Israel strike kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinians say. They believe that hook, line and sinker. But look at that image. That image is not the image of the hospital. It's not. That stock image of some other building. So the New York Times is brazenly lying to you on the front page of their paper because we know now that it was not an Israeli airstrike. It was a failed Palestinian. It was a, a failed terrorist attack, rocket attack from Islamic Jihad through one of the water pipes that they dug up that landed short and landed in a parking lot. Didn't actually touch the hospital at all. Didn't actually kill 500 people. But these lies are causing violent uprisings all across the country. And look, the New York Times is part of it. No one's been fired. No one's been held accountable. But the violent uprisings are still happening. And you look at what Rashida Tlaib, there's, there's an insurrection on the Capitol today. I mean, you have pro-Hamas terrorist sympathizers occupying, not an exaggeration, the Cannon House office building. A pro-Hamas protest. I mean, they're occupying it. People are being arrested. I mean, every single one of those people should get 20 years in prison. I've been told that that's an appropriate sentence for things like that. You have Rashida Tlaib outside inciting violence, knowing that the Israelis did not conduct an attack on a hospital. But Rashida Tlaib is out there giving stump speeches to these protesters, crying on stage, saying that, yes, Israel struck a hospital. It's absolutely sickening to me. She is, she is fomenting an insurrection. She's causing violence, causing people to get arrested. But not a single one, not a single one of these protests, that any of these protests that I saw, these pro-Hamas protests, not a single one that they asked for Hamas to return the hostages or the babies that they kidnapped. Not a single protest asked Hamas to stop firing rockets that harm Gaza residents and Israeli citizens. Not a single protest asks Hamas to release any hostages or end the war. These protests are in support of terrorism. So when I ask you how the Holocaust can happen again, my God, if good people the world over don't stand up to this insanity and say enough is enough, it's very easy to see how another genocide against a group of people can happen, right, folks? You see it. It's right out there happening on the news media every single day. 
So I'm going right to Rich Barris after this, but I want to do one more read because I want to make sure that the rest of the show is dedicated to Rich Barris. We've got lots to talk about. I want to talk about the wellness company. We're living in times where being prepared is not just a convenience, it's a necessity. Whether it's geopolitical instability, the threats of war, or just the increasing occurrence of natural disasters, you can never be too prepared. And let's face it, folks, our government hasn't been doing a great job in ensuring our safety. I just showed you how Joe Biden in the Middle East is about to cause a geopolitical incident that could escalate the pro- <laughs> It could escalate a war there that have our own children there. But that's why I'm super excited to introduce you uh, to this medical emergency kit from our friends at the wellness company. High quality doctors are involved with the wellness company, including Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, they provide top quality wellness products. And let me tell you, they've outdone themselves with this kit. And that's no joke, folks. I've seen it. Uh, this kit contains a range of prescription medications like ivermectin and antibiotics that can prepare you from everything from COVID to the plague. And the best part, these prescription or prescriptions are available through telemedicine. So you don't even have to leave your home to consult with a healthcare professional. Folks, this is the future of emergency preparedness. This comprehensive kit is designed to cover a whole range of scenarios, be it natural disasters like hurricanes, earthquakes, or floods, the supply chain shortages, and yes, even end of the world as we know it situations, maybe even like a zombie apocalypse. I don't know. Uh, So if you're sitting there wondering if you need this, let me make it simple for you. You absolutely do, uh, because the question isn't if an emergency will happen, it's when. And when it does, wouldn't you rather be the person who's prepared rather than the one scrambling around when it's too late? Go check out this must-have emergency kit from the wellness company. You can get it at rvmemergencykit.com. Stay safe, stay prepared, and God bless America, everybody. Um, Okay, without further ado, I want to bring in... uh, the great and savage Rich Barris right now. We got lots to talk about here. Rich, welcome to Battleground Live. It's great to have you, Savage Rich. Thanks for waiting. Living the dream, brother. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> so earlier today, um, I was on your show for, I think, a good 90 yeah. minutes and did a fairly good job at riling up your 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 crowd there a little bit, which, <laughs> is, which is awesome. We've got to have... We got to have conversations like that. Um, But you have some very, very interesting polling on what we call the RFK effect. In other words, how does RFK's independent candidacy affect and shape the 2024 race? So I like I want you to just just tell us exactly what your polling saw and what we what we can expect in this three way primary and actually talk about Cornell West as well, because I'm interested to see how he affects things as well. Yeah, love to. And, you know, just if, if, if I may, right before, you know, right, right before I get into that, I was listening to the AOC clip and the, uh, the symmetrical response stuff drives me nuts, Sean. I just have to say this. Uh, for those who don't know, <laughs> asymmetrical versus symmetrical response, uh, you know, like Eisenhower, folks, was asymmetrical. He came in and he said, we just fought a great war. If you mess with me, I will nuke you back to the Stone Age. I'm not spending money or blood or treasure on this again. If you look at me in the wrong direction, I'm going to end your civilization. And then the the academic idiots uh, from the best and the so-called best and the brightest of the Kennedy administration brought in what's called symmetrical response. And what did that do? It's a failed theory, Sean. It led to the Cuban Missile Crisis. It led to Vietnam. You build up 50,000, I build up 50,000. It's a failed theory. And uh, the left and some on the right, but the left uh, continue to use it to this day. You know, it's funny. I was just going over uh, the poll. 
Yeah, I mean that's it, it's it's asinine. I mean, asinine Rich, you know as well as I do. Nonsense. You know as well. You know as well as I do. The goal is not to have a fair fight. The goal is to get on Damn the objective right. and as infantry and just kick boots. So the idea of a proportional right. symmetrical response is a joke, and it's actually dangerous for this country. But go on. It's. Absolutely dangerous. And by the way, if our commanders still knew that, maybe they would not have chosen Blitzkrieg for the counteroffensive for the Ukrainians to run into the slaughter. They're so stupid, Sean. They've, they're they're not even capable of their jobs anymore. Uh, Blitzkrieg only works when it's an unfair fight, fools. Look at the history. All right. So, exactly um, right. yeah, I'm looking at this getting ready to come on. And I wanted to dig into the Rust Belt states even further. Nationally, what our research showed, and I don't know if you got them or not, but I can I can fly with this without. Yeah, we got the them. We got them. We've got we've got okay. your we've got your press release uh, as image one, and we got the Maris poll as image yeah. two. There you go, Rich. Yeah, I mean that's the trend. Even the mere talk, Sean, of a third party independent run, uh, because there is an appetite for that among some people in this country. Even the mere talk of it, Sean, led the two party vote share to decline. And when we looked at where Robert Kennedy's vote came from, and that's without West on the ballot first, and then we did with West, and even with RFK, we did a generic someone else, by the way. Um, where his vote came from is interesting. It comes largely from the South, and then after that, it comes from the Midwest. His vote is not a Northeastern vote, despite the fact that he's a Kennedy, Sean. This matters because the Northeast is the most liberal part of the country. He takes twice as many conservative votes than he does liberal votes, even though they're roughly the same percentage. Why? There are more conservatives than there are liberal. His vote is not educated. It comes from high school graduates or less, and it comes from largely people who have a two-year degree or some college. Does he have some four-year college? Yes but he's not taking from Biden voters. Interestingly, though, there are still working class voters in the Rust Belt. So locals is going to get this soon enough. But I started digging in before the show into just what we call the big six Rust Belt states. That's Iowa, Ohio, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, and Michigan. And this is your state. So, you know, the, the biggest, most negative impact for Trump that we found was actually in Pennsylvania. And I'm talking about on a net by net. So yes, there are other states where RFK took more from Trump, but he also took a lot from Biden, where it disproportionately hurts Trump the most is in the state of Pennsylvania. So he makes a rather comfortable kind of lead in Pennsylvania, one where you're like, yeah, he's, he's going to win. It's, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be eight points. But it's going to be a nice, comfortable, he'll probably hold the lead as the report comes in. So it'll tighten as Biden's you know, uh, mail-in vote comes in from inner cities. But it's not he's not going to catch Trump. With West on the ballot, uh, he takes about, I mean, excuse me, when, with Kennedy on the ballot, uh, he takes about a point more from Donald Trump. So it brings up like a four-point raise to roughly a two-point race. It brings a three-point race with uh, West on the ballot to actually almost a one-point race. It stinks. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Trump supporter and you want to be done at 10, 30, 11 o'clock and know you got a new president and the world's not going to go uh, crazy anymore, then you don't want Robert Kennedy on the ballot. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. This is Marist. And I got to bring this up, too. Marist is uh, off their rocker. I'm not going to lie. Biden is not at 49 percent. Their sample is uh, showing a, a D plus nine electorate or something. That'll happen in their wildest dreams, Sean. That that hasn't happened since Barack Obama ran against John McCain. I mean, that that's crazy. Uh, but that's why they're showing Biden 
weathering the Kennedy vote a lot more. Our vote is a lot closer. Nationally, it's Trump plus two. With uh, Kennedy on the ballot, it's only Trump plus one. It gets very, very close. Uh, the reason why Maris is overestimating Biden's vote, they have a very, in my industry, they have a very big problem. Maris, change your methodology. Everybody knows it. You look ridiculous. Education and geography. Education and geography. If you were doing it right, you would never have come up with that D plus seven or more sample. That's not reality anymore in this country, Sean. The truth is this country has drifted to the right for years now in party uh, affiliation and registration. So while Democrats are doing well to get their vote out, when you are looking at self-identification, I mean, you, you shouldn't get any more than a D plus one. Uh, D plus two on a on a really good day, a response day for Democrats. Uh, most people are hovering somewhere between even and R plus four. That's the truth. Uh, so wow. they did that. They have a problem with their methodology. It's creating that artifact. But their vote preference when RFK is in the race among these different demographics is really close. So that they're showing what we're showing. There's no educated vote. There's no northeastern so vote. So, it's a so, what you're ba so what you're basically saying, though, like in a nutshell, is that you still believe that Trump can win, but RFK siphons more votes away from Trump than he does Biden, which is interesting because RFK is a Democrat. And you would think that somebody was pulling like, what, 15 percent, 20 percent tops in the Democrat prime. Those people, he's got those people. You think he'd in a in a in a. In a presidential race you think he'd maintain those votes that were heard democrat more but it's it's not the case that the, he the, the data doesn't back it, it, that's mm. right he doesn't it's there are i don't try to say this it's, listen democrats if you're listening i'm sorry you know look in the mirror and reflect on yourself they're a hive mind <laughs> all right they don't you know they they <laughs> they're not individualistic <laughs> like republicans are and if they feel like someone is out to threaten them they circle the wagons republicans get in the circular firing squad Democrats right. circle the wagons. <laughs> That's the difference. And it's really that independent vote. Mara said it. Trump is winning with the independent vote pretty significantly. You stick Kennedy in there and Trump is only leading by one. That's not enough. I am saying he can still win in the electoral college level. He can because he's running so strong right now. But look, next month it may be different. And I don't expect West, I don't expect uh, West to be on as many ballots as RFK is going to be on. It's very difficult to get on ballots. Very difficult. In Georgia, RFK may not even get on the ballot. That's the, basically the state where a lot of these independent candidates have gone to die. Um, you know, it's just they're, they're tough. You know, estimating right now, RFK would need almost like 90,000 signatures to get on the ballot. And they're yeah, going to check it, them. They're going to check them. It's Absolutely right. I mean, the stakes are just too high. They're going to check those signatures. They're going to try to get as many signatures of those booted as humanly possible. Uh, let me ask yeah. you a question, because I've heard rumblings within Team Trump thinking like, well, they're, oh, we're not worried about RFK. Once conservatives see that he's, you know, pro Green New Deal, he's going to ban fracking, he's pro assault weapons ban, conservatives aren't going to vote for this guy anyway. But that concerns me because it's not necessarily the hardcore conservatives that uh. Trump needs to keep right he's already got them it's really like the independent or maybe the blue dog democrats or more moderate democrats that will probably vote for rfk which would peel away from trump and that scares me because what i'm building to rich is that there is a right way for team yeah. trump to attack 
RFK and have those attacks be effective in a very, very, very wrong way that could backfire. So please, uh, let's educate us on how you think you move forward with something like that. So I, I like you, I've talked to people in the, um, you know, on, on team Trump about how they plan to deal with this. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was unimpressed. All right. So the Republican vote mm. is going wow. to coalesce for the most part. Those who don't coalesce behind Trump are probably going to vote for, uh, you know, a third party candidate anyway, or, or maybe even vote for Biden. Uh, so you, you're not really, it's not them. They're not the problem. And especially where in the electoral college, he's drawing votes. That's not who they are. <laughs> He's not going to draw the evangelical from Iowa or or uh, Western Wisconsin. That's not who he's going to take from Northwest Wisconsin, the lumberjack country area. That's where he's going to take from the Iron Range in Minnesota. That's where he's going to take from. He's not taking from Delco and Montgomery in Pennsylvania. He's going to take <laughs> from Northeastern and Western Pennsylvania. So, you know, this idea that you could just hit him as some, oh, he's a Democrat, he's a Democrat. That's okay to get some of your base to consolidate again. But listen, I'll give him a freebie right now. The Joe Rogan voter, the Aaron Rodgers voter, those are the people you have to worry about. Without, without Kennedy in the race, they're going for Trump. Uh, wow. they're, they're, a, those are the independents great... who tell us. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just say this and I'll wrap it up. The, those are the independents who tell us when we ask them, you know, uh, are you Republican, Democrat, and they say they're independent, we'll always follow up and say, do you lean more to the Republican Party, the Democratic Party? Because most independents are full of crap. And then there's the option to uh, say that you really have a little bit in common with both or you share little in common with either. That is the group that is the problem for Trump. He crushes Biden with this group when uh, Kennedy is not in the race. When Kennedy is in the race, his lead, it's only three points. That's again. Think Joe Rogan, guys. Think that guy. All right. That's that's they a brilliant. That's a brilliant. It's a brilliant yeah. way to describe these voters, and I've never heard it described that way before. But the Joe Rogan, Aaron Rodgers voters is perfect. Those voters are uniquely positioned to just love a guy like RFK, and they, uh, you know, maybe they don't care so much about his environmental positions. Maybe they don't care so much about the fact that he supports an assault weapons ban. I don't know. I'm not trying to put words in their mouth, but it, you're exactly right. It's precisely those type of independents that I think, you know, if Trump is the guy in the race, is the sole outsider looking to reform the government, yeah, they're they're they breaking for him. Trump. Yep, but but and I'll tell you, Sean, you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying you've got two outsiders in the race now. That's, you know? I was just going to bring this up. This is the right way to hit RFK, and I'm going to give Team Trump a freebie here. All right, so uh, you know, just as for analytical purposes. All right, there you have to look at this kind of how you look at a primary. There are two outsiders, and one could easily argue, well, in '92. There were two outsiders, and one of those outsiders won. That's really not the case. Uh, this is a different. This is a different situation. And there are two outsiders in '92. One aligned more closely with the incumbent's views, and that's why he took some of that vote share from the incumbent, and he let Bill Clinton slide three slide through with like 53, a little over 53 or 43, excuse me, percent of the vote. This time around, there are parts of the issues that matter most to voters that actually ideologically align more closely with Trump. So if you want to go after RFK on some of these issues, you just call him what he is. Well, what I think he is, a deep state plant. And he, I mean, he's got a CIA, former CIA person running his campaign right now. There's two things you say. He's not going to win. You're throwing your vote away. The, the, the world is on fire and in, and in chaos 
Big Pharma's running around. You know, the military industrial complex is running around. You throw your vote away to RFK and they win. Right. And that's the only way to reach those kind of people. They're going to be thinking, you know what, I kind of like RFK a little bit more. Uh, but only one of these guys is going to win. You can't approach it like you normally approach a libertarian vote being thrown away. Right. Or a Green Party vote being thrown away. He is a deep state plant sent to dupe you. And you have to do it convincingly because they hate the deep state. These people hate government. They hate the administrative state. And right now, RFK is pitching himself as somebody who's, a, you know, an old school kind of Democrat, you know, who's kind of in the middle on some of these issues, but will fight against this two tier system we have. And he's, he brings it up and he appeals with it. This kind of cushy socialism, if you're rich and you're privileged, but if you're not and you're everybody else, it's this brutal form of fascism that they pretend is capitalism and they beat you down with it on a daily basis and you can't get by, you can't live. You have to tell them he is full of crap. That he is from that brutal wow. fascist regime. I mean, that's it. That's I it. look, man. I completely agree with that, and I hope, like hell, Team Trump listens to you. And you know, speaking of Trump, let me ask you something about the way ahead for this man. I mean, obviously, you know, he's. I think the primary's over. I mean, we'll see what happens it's in over. the caucuses, but it, it's, it's it's over. over. I mean, his his it's lead over. is insurmountable. I mean, he's gonna be the guy come hell or high water, uh, and you know. Doesn't matter how much the never Trumpers and and the deep state and the Democrats cry about it. He's the guy. But yeah. a very pragmatic question, Rich. And it's it's not something that I I mean, maybe it's asked, but I don't know that it's ever answered effectively. What happens? Right. I mean, he's being charged in New York City. He's being charged in Washington, D.C. He's being charged in, in Fulton County. These are highly Democrat areas where they're going to, you know, highly partisan district attorneys and. You know, a jury poll that's like 95 percent Democrat, that 100 percent hates Trump, that are going to lie when they're being interviewed for the yep. jury, pretending like they don't know anything about it just to get the opportunity to convict Trump. So mm -hmm. even though Trump is by far, yeah, even even though he's far and away the front runner, and I do think he's, he's going to win. But there is a very high probability, especially in this D.C. case where he gets convicted. And what the hell happens then? Yeah, I think he will be convicted. Uh, I do. I sadly have to say this unless, uh, you know, we had we had the uh, candidate for attorney general in Missouri on inside the numbers. His name is Will Scharf. And, you know, he's a former federal prosecutor. And uh, I think we're going to have Mike Davis on soon to discuss the same thing. But, you know, basically there are two. One, he filed. There are two challenges he just has to go through the process, though. But there are two challenges regarding immunity and privilege that uh, eventually are going to be settled by higher courts. So it's not like he's going to be sitting in a jail cell. But you are going to hear – get ready for it, folks. Just get ready. You're going to hear about uh, – you're going to vote for a felon? You're going to vote for a felon? The goal is to get convictions they know will never stick. Sean, we've seen this. You know, It will never stick. And then later they'll be overturned. I mean, to be honest, folks, uh, is the Secret Secret Service going to sit in jail with Donald Trump? I mean, this is kind of ridiculous, all right? And he is. made a joke the other day and said, I've been indicted more than Scarface. And I kind of was thinking, hey, you're my Gotti joke. <laughs> he didn't get indicted more than Scarface because Scarface got killed. And I think they only indicted him two or three times. But, you know, Gotti uh, was indicted, what, 13 times? You have the black-handed death in that district who was a serial killer. Uh, he was indicted on like 40 counts of murder, right? Donald Trump is twice the black hand of death. 
This is ridiculous. He has twice the number of charges. That's how just, un, you know, we were talking about unseriousness in this country earlier today, <laughs> right? So ridiculous. This is how unserious yes. this is. I mean, come on. Um, and I think Alan Dershowitz is right that they're trying to race to get these convictions in these areas. Look at uh, Judge Chuckin or how up Chuckin, I call her. Um, you yeah. know, look at look at her <laughs> as if he's going to taint the jury poll. Four percent of the vote he got in 2020 in that place. Are you kidding me? He's going to the jury pool is already tainted. That's I the problem. Which they know <laughs> they're so full of crap. So I think we are going to have to. Come to grips, Sean, with the fact that uh, the Republican nominee, nominee is is going to have a felony, but, uh, unless right, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Let me let me ask you, Rich. Like you, I, I but these independents, right? Like yeah. the goal is is to get independents who maybe don't pay attention to politics, like you or me. Maybe they pay pay attention sixty days before an election, thirty days before an election. I don't know, and they see, oh, Trump is a felon. I can't do that. Can't vote for Trump. And the goal is to, you know have them lose enough independent support and then maybe rfk shaves off shaves off a little yep. bit more and all of a sudden all of a sudden That's like you know i mean you look at you look at what happened in 2020 it was like what forty two thousand votes across a few states like when you biden know, was and, like and that's yeah, when he was liked and with all the cheating. And I'm sorry yeah. that I don't really care what anyone says. They absolutely rigged it. And if you don't like the term rigged, use the term fortified because that's the term they use themselves in Time Magazine four months after the election. But even with all of those <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they called it, man. That's what they said themselves. They couldn't even wait. They couldn't even wait four months to start bragging. And they did it in Time Magazine. So, you know, even with all those shenanigans, you still almost won. And it seems like they're doing the same thing here. So if you look, you know, the pathway forward in defeating, you know, the BS narrative that he can't win, because that's part of it, right? Yeah. Um, but. It's like if you look at the numbers, Rich, and, and your polling has carried this out, it's like the idea that Trump can't win and that we somehow need milk toast establishment candidates in order to win what I call the gentleman loser wing of the Republican Party. I'm tired of that. And the base is tired of that yeah. as well. Um, but Trump overperforms down ballot candidates like on the regular. Am I right? Everywhere. I mean, it used to be. In 2016, folks, remember, um, you know, Trump was going maybe maybe Toomey could hold on, but he was down because Trump was dragging him down. You remember this, right? Ron Johnson didn't lead in a single poll in the final month, uh, and Donald Trump was costing him Wisconsin. Kelly A. Ott was going to win. Donald Trump was going to get killed, although it was close. Kelly A. Ott lost, and she lost by more than Donald Trump did in the state of New Hampshire. So... This is different this time. He's much, much stronger in in 24 than he was in both 16 and 20. I have to, you know, I, I got to adjust the independent thing, though, because, of course, you're right. That's the goal. The plan is to try to get some normies to say, I just can't bring myself to vote for a felon, right? I think that 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 you will see that in the polling. I'm just, I don't believe it. I don't believe them. I think that Republicans, you know, some of those polls by DeSantis' pollster is a total joke, Sean. Like, 25% of Republicans will vote for Biden. No, they won't. Shut up. All right? You made enough money. Go away now. Okay? You made enough money destroying a popular governor. Go away now. All right? You've done enough damage. Um, you know, we saw that, by the way, in 16. 23% of Florida Republicans are going to vote for Hillary Clinton. That didn't happen. And Obama's pollster was right. He said it right. You know, basically, either the, they're lying to the pollster. Or they're lying to themselves because that is not going to happen. 
Sean, you could convict Joe Biden right now of bribery, taking money from China, Ukraine, uh, whatever other country, Romania, God, there's so many, I keep forgetting. You could you could convict him right now, and the evidence could be overwhelming, and 20% of Democrats still would not vote against Joe Biden. Some of them may not vote, uh, but that they will stick with him. Independence, on the other hand, a little bit different. I just happen to think, though, that this is different. This is not a clear-cut crime. If you're an independent and you think Donald Trump should be charged with some ridiculous sedition thing over January 6th, you probably were going to vote against Donald Trump anyway. If you're an independent who thinks this is Russia collusion extended, you know, then you're still going to vote for Donald Trump, even with a felony uh, next to his name. They're just going to do it. There have been many cases. Uh, America hasn't had one for president. Not in the modern era did we have this issue yet. But other countries, we've seen this before. And when somebody is being politically persecuted, like Donald Trump, that gag order, is, I'm telling you, we haven't asked the public about it, but that's not going to go over well. Sean, he is the leading candidate, not just for the Republican nomination. I mean, just today, CNBC, that was a Biden plus 10 poll in 2020, Trump by four. So, whoa, I mean, folks, come on. I mean, th th that's a poll that overstated Biden's support nationally by six points, and that's a 14-point swing since their final 2020. And they have, and they, they said Trump's lead, honestly, is probably bigger, if not for independents who are saying, well, I don't know, because of the charges stuff. They don't believe them. It's right in the press release. It's right in the story in CNBC, if you guys go read it. Both pollsters, the Democrat and the Republican, are like, ah, I think he's taking them anyway. I think his lead's probably bigger. I think that there's a there's a point where you can overstep. And and at the end of the day, voters are going to have to ask themselves, do I vote for the guy who did a good job as president? He was a better president because that's why he's doing so well in the polling now. People just think he was a better president. Do I vote for the guy who was a better president who now is a felon because his opponent, who's a terrible president, prosecuted him to stop him from running for president? And uh, also, by the way, that president is crooked. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. It's what it's going to come down to. It's an A-B test. And they're going to say, I'm going with the guy where my life was better, where the world wasn't on fire, where we had the Abraham Accords, where we didn't have inflation, where we had goods producing jobs again, real wage growth, right? 3% GDP, I can keep going on and on. Annual GDP, not quarterly crap that gets revised the next quarter anyway, downward. Every single job report, Sean, for like 10 months has been downwardly revised. I mean, they're just fudging the data at this point for this guy. And they still can't wow. trick these voters into thinking he's a good president. So, I mean, think about that. You know, with all the good, it's always a good headline economically until the revisions are done and still they don't believe it. So I just... I feel like they overplayed. I really do. I feel like they overplayed. I mean, for I mean, we we put up the non-white vote, man. I mean, forty-two percent of the Hispanic vote, three months in a row where he's at nineteen percent black support. This thing, you know. I mean, come on, come on. That's it's. It he really got what's his name's endorsement the other day. What's I his know, name? I mean, it really. I can't. Love I, that I, guy. I don't know.
I, I, I don't know, but I know exactly what you're talking about as a famous rapper. I, I don't know. Um, but I mean, the numbers don't lie. They don't. And this is why I think that you're one of the best pollsters in the business and a really tough business, by the way, where people, you know, release, you know, they release suppression polls, they release propaganda polls. I mean, you really do try to get, you understand the cultural moment that we're in. You understand the numbers, the data, the sample size, asking the right questions is so important. But I got to ask you before, before I get out of here, cause I got to be out of here at 58. Um, but, uh, so we got, we got about seven minutes or so, uh, but this speaker insanity, what the hell is going on? I mean, people were asking me in the live chat and I want to respond. People were asking me like, what's going on with Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly has been a mentor of mine for 10 years, voted for John Boehner today. I mean, look, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know what's going on with that. I will tell you what I know about Mike Kelly is Mike Kelly is a, is an old school traditionalist that believes in the traditions of the U S house of representatives. I think Mike Kelly would probably tell you that, although he's not told me this, that he believes Steve Scalise should be the guy because he was the majority leader. He's next in the chain of command. He believes in the procedure, but I have to say, you know, Jim Jordan, it looks like had a vote yesterday, had 20 people vote against him. There was a second vote today. He had 22. And my fear is, is if they continue to have these public votes and he continues to erode support, it makes it less likely for Jim Jordan to become speaker. And the goal is, is to get the most conservative speaker possible. But as this drags on, I mean, I've heard people say, I don't care if it takes 30 votes. We want Jim Jordan. But if he's losing support, and all of a sudden you have these moderates in these swing districts or in Biden plus districts, Democrat heavy districts start saying to themselves, my constituents are going to demand that we get to work, right? Because those districts are vastly different than, say, an R plus 13. I, I, you're going to start hearing a lot of talk uh, of, you know, oh, a bipartisan consensus candidate and working with Hakeem Jeffries and the 212 Democrats to, to elect what I call the squish option. And it scares the hell out of me, Rich. We're going to end up with some mouth-breathing squish as the Speaker of the House. Give us your take on all this. What the hell is going on in the U.S. House of Representatives? Or, or worse, I mean, Hakeem Jeffries could, uh, after some time, Republicans uh, just don't underestimate their ability to be cowards and, and betray you. Um, you know, so they could do that. No, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, they, I they, they laugh brought about up, it, but it's true. They brought up again today how we can't have a speaker uh, who, who uh, questioned the uh, result of an election, which is hilarious, of course, because Hakeem Jeffries said Donald Trump was illegitimate. <laughs> And stole the election with Putin. I mean, this is just so nuts. You know, but again, I, I, I did hear that the Fox report is incorrect, right? So there was a report that Jim Jordan was going to step down and try to, like, pass it off to somebody else. Um, that is not the case. I mean, I, I made a phone call and asked if that was true, and I got an earful. They were like, that is fake news, Jake. And sorry, Jake, I'm just going to mention your name here. It's Jake Sherman from Fox. And they were like, he is making up. Or he's talking to the wrong people. Maybe, maybe not. But again, 22, uh, you know, you're going the wrong direction. Uh, there are people who are going to want concessions. Uh, we'll see. It, it, Mike Kelly, I just got to say this about Mike Kelly. I even can understand because of, because of how long he's been in there. And you know him. I, I don't. You know him. I'll just say this. It's not helping anyone at this point to put on this little tantrum. It's not. I agree. And, you know, Jim Jordan for I, I, and you and I have talked about this a lot. I don't like taking action without having an action plan. I just mm -hmm. don't. I don't like, you know, I'm like, if I pull the pin and let the grenade go off, it means it's all over. It does. You know, I'm not counting on tomorrow, Sean. This is different. There's a tomorrow. 
and we have to deal with that tomorrow. We're dealing with it right now. So I can under and I can even and look if I if he's listening, I'll just say this. I can even appreciate Mike Kelly's point of view. But you got to come around now, man. You got to come around. And a voice like his would be a big deal. It would. It would. Uh, that would and, get. You know, here's here's what I, here's what I'll say too, Rich. Like, if there's 22 people who are voting against uh, Jim Jordan, and if if you're Mike Kelly or somebody else, maybe you just don't. You're a procedure guy. You just believe That's in, right. in the institution of the House of Representatives. I mean, if there's a way in which you can just vote for Jim Jordan and there's still 20 votes against him. I, I hate to even think like that, but like, that's how some of these politicians think, but to Mike's credit, I mean, Hey, to Mike's credit, that's why there was he, 20. He's, he's, that's yeah. They that, knew he right, wasn't going to make it. So they bailed. Right. And so what, what's the pathway forward here, Rich? How do we protect from getting a squish? Because every hour that passes, every hour that passes, I believe that that becomes more likely. Well, there are three congressmen in Florida. Public pressure does work. There are, there are three congressmen in Florida. They could e- be beaten easily. All right. So if they want to stay there, they're going to have to take their heads out of their butt. Uh, somebody like Kay Granger, <laughs> after making a call after this, I'm not sure she'll ever come around, Sean. I think she knows that uh, John O'Shea is going to beat her. That's what I think. And I think she's just being a you-know-what because – she was the chair of the Appropriations Committee, and she owes a lot of people a lot of favors, and she likes to have things her way. And, but, and it's amazing because if she didn't fail at her job, then Matt Gates would never have been able to you know, have the argument that he had, <laughs> even though you and I didn't like the <laughs> argument, to be honest, right? We didn't. Um, but he still was able to make an argument because of people's failures, and that gave – that opened the door. I am – I'll tell you, as more time goes on – you're, you 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 are running a bigger risk of not a replacement candidate, you know, not bringing Steve Scalise back in. And by the way, folks, Steve Scalise, not I'm not sure he's physically up to this task. He I is agree. not a I well agree. man. We never talk about this. They're willing to like kill Steve Scalise just to not have Jim Jordan. It's nuts. Some of these people, the man needs to watch it, put his health before your interests and your reelection. It's insane. I agree. So, Rich, real quick, where can people find you? Peoplespundit.locals.com, Sean. That's always the best place. Thanks, brother. All right. Yeah, you got it, Rich. And if you're watching this program, like this this video, rumble, and subscribe to Battleground Live. I'll see you tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Savage Rich Barris is the best in the world. We're glad to have him. Tomorrow, 5 p.m., we got a great show show for you. Tune in. Uh, Take care. Thanks for watching. God bless you, and God bless this amazing country that we call home. Take care. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.